This brings us to the economics of a financial center. In figure 17 from our paper, we show the funding gap for solar investment in several jurisdictions, as well as the cost of capital, which could be used to finance solar investment. Ideally, an international financial center would take a low cost of capital and deploy that capital in a place where there's a very high electricity cost. Thus, ideally, looking at the data in this figure, we see that places like Russia, India, and Brazil would choose to use financiers from places with the lowest cost of capital, i.e. the UK, Japan, the US, and much less Hong Kong and China in general. Naturally, there's a role for financial intermediation in that incomes across China do not match sunshine namely those areas that could most benefit from photovoltaic cells are not those same regions that have the incomes necessary for households and businesses to be putting up these photovoltaic cells on top of their homes and businesses thus the solar industry is ripe for a financial intermediary who can bridge the mismatch between solar supply and finance particularly in a market like china where money is in the east and electricity is in the west and as we saw before the value of solar securities comes to billions and billions of u.s dollars Yet, as we know from historical experience, risks and returns related to those securities can be partitioned. Remember, we talked about these nexus of contracts. They can be partitioned in tranches. Figure 33A shows one distribution of the value on these solar companies' balance sheets of assets and liabilities across the various tranches of a securitized instrument. Thus, we look at companies with credit ratings in the safest tranche. We show the current value of assets of those companies in millions of US dollars. And we compare that to the value of current assets held by low rated companies on the mainland. And we cannot say that the safe tranche is better in some ways than the risky tranche. Instead, we have to say that one provides a certain return for the risk it takes on, whereas in the other, naturally does the same. Now we see that the market for solar securities is very large just simply by looking at the value of plant property and equipment. Taking away the potential revenue streams from the electricity itself, just looking at the value of those tangible assets held by these companies, we see that the value of PPE, plant property and equipment, easily comes to 7 billion US dollars. Moreover, if we calculate the return on assets of these companies, again sorting companies according to their credit ratings, we see that there's a significant market inefficiency in risks versus returns. Namely, the safest tranche of these companies earned a return of 13% if their plant property and equipment was bought in 2011 and sold in 2012, whereas in the riskiest tranche and the penultimate riskiest tranche end up having returns of 8 and 7% respectively. When we do not see a correspondence between risk and return in any market, there is the possibility of arbitrage and thus an opportunity for an international financial center like Hong Kong. If we step back and think about the economics of a financial center, we can see that intermediation as a value added drives a financial center's economics. 
Turning our attention now to the finance of a financial center rather than the economics of a financial center, figure 20 shows the largest solar companies by market capitalization in Hong Kong relative to the US. And what we see is that Hong Kong has not suffered lack of demand of listing of solar companies. We show the market capitalization of large solar companies in black, those that are listed in Hong Kong, and in green, those that are listed in the US. And applying even the simplest statistical tests, we cannot see any kind of correlation between price-to-earnings ratios of companies listed in Hong Kong rather than the US. Thus, we cannot definitively say that listing in Hong Kong, for example, helps these companies increase their prices relative to earnings and thus do not necessarily make investments in these companies more profitable. This being said, investments in these companies naturally are very amenable to securitization or even listing on a stock exchange because we see that even a balance sheet item like receivables has significant variance not only in the value of these receivables but also in its correlation with the general Hong Kong Stock Exchange Index. Naturally, one of the most important uses of investments in securities like solar securities would be to hedge risks from the general market while at the same time receiving returns that are at that market level or higher. Anyone who studied basic finance knows that diversification and particularly finding shares that co-vary with each other represents one of the best ways of reducing portfolio risk can divide these receivables, which then might be packaged into securities, four categories, as we show, the low-risk accentuators, namely those companies whose price correlates heavily with the Hong Kong Stock Exchange Index, and thus might seem to actually bump up returns when times are good and bump down returns when times are bad. We see that some of the companies here at the bottom end up diversifying or correlating negatively with the general market, thus helping to lower portfolio risk. Whereas in we see for some of the higher risk solar companies that a larger proportion of them correlate positively with the overall market index, unsurprisingly. Yet there are some solar companies that seem to have high risks but also hedge very well against these market risks. The point is not to say that some solar companies' shares are better than others, but simply to say that the market is certainly deep enough and varied enough to provide an equity for each type of investor. Figure 19 from our paper shows the changes in stock prices of some of China's solar companies. And what we see is that the risk of holding these shares, namely these shares betas, do not vary significantly from one exchange to the other. We see that some securities are traded much more than others, but except for these outliers, there's not a huge variance in terms of market demand for these securities. Indeed, one of the effects that we show in our paper is something called the California effect. And academics have noted that a financial center looking to provide money for the Sunrise Industries has to locate not too close to the industry, but also not too far from the industry. We take the example of the US-based Mosaic, which provides funding for photovoltaic investment. 
we see that there's a spread of investors that do not necessarily agglomerate next to their investments. And the benefit of this, naturally, is that they're not competing against very large financial institutions that oversupply the market with capital, but on the other hand, aren't so far away that it's very costly to put money into these companies. Thus, we see that places like Hong Kong might have a California effect for markets like mainland photovoltaic industry. Yet, it's clear if Hong Kong wants to beat out other financial centers in the longer run, it's going to need an alpha or a sigma, it's going to need returns or risk profiles that are different from other markets.